Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. Very excited. We got Satch rejoining us on a last minute. Thanks for joining us, coming in at the last minute, saving um, the the streak so far. So I really do appreciate it. Now, while I am excited, y'all should be too. Like the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all that good stuff so you get your emails whenever we go live, which is, of course, every day. Now, uh, today we're going to be jumping into self-discovery which I've been looking forward to talking to for a little while. Um, but before we do that, Satch, give us a quick uh, 10, 15 seconds. Hit her who you are, where you come from, all that good stuff. Go yeah, I'm Satch, 18 years in law enforcement, ultra endurance athlete and fundraiser. Bam, nice and quick. I like the brevity. Okay, so we are going to be getting into, like I said, self-discovery. And I have a bit of a blurb here, and then I'm going to get your guys' thoughts on it. So it says... Self-discovery helps you realize your true potential. It helps you identify your strengths, your weaknesses, and when you do this, you become aware of what you should work on improving and what you should leave alone. You also learn about your personality traits. For example, you may find that you're a people person, while another person is better at working behind the scenes. This information allows you to focus on areas where you excel, avoid those where you struggle, and if you're not sure which area you excel in, try asking yourself these questions. What am I good at? What do I enjoy? Uh, when you ask yourself these types of questions, you start thinking about what you love and what you're passionate about. And once you figure out what you're good at, you can use that knowledge to help you achieve success. And that's a very broad definition of self-discovery, but what are your guys' first thoughts? Satch, what are you thinking? I think it's a good explanation. One thing that popped into mind right away was like, it was the, um, the definition was saying, you got to ask yourself questions, ask yourself this, ask yourself that. That's cool. But I think action is also necessary to be able to figure out what kind of person you are. So you can ask the question, but I think then do something to figure out if it's actually an answer to that question or not. Absolutely. Sean, what are your first thoughts on this? Well, it isn't coincidence. It isn't total coincidence. The post that I just put up on my Instagram feed about five minutes before we went into this live chat, uh, you guys might not have seen the post that I put up because it was just before we went live. And um, it's a photo of me standing in Sugamo Juku. And um, it's an area in Japan on the Nakasendo Trail. And uh, I was out walking around the small village by myself. Doreen, my wife, was off doing something else. And I just went for a little saunter so that I could kind of dial into the moment. I like to dial into the moment by myself most of the time. It's it's okay if there's people around me, but uh, I prefer to kind of get more deeply in touch with uh, the experience when I'm by myself. And so as I was walking around the village, I put my camera on an old fence post and uh, took a selfie. And the image turned out quite nice. Uh, it's kind of got half of my body in the camera the other half is out and i didn't intend to create a power pose but it there's the as i'm standing there i've got quite a wide stance and i'm facing the camera not aggressively but like holding my space and um it, it, it turned out nice the backdrop is beautiful it, it, it represents many things depending on how deep a person wants to consider that photo and so um, that photo has kind of been in the back of my mind now for the last couple of days. And uh, it's not that I can't get it out of my mind. It's just that I wanted to kind of chew on it a little bit. So I was working on it this morning. How am I going to explain what this photo means to me? And I don't even know what it means to me as I'm looking at it. So I spent about half an hour kind of contemplating on it rather than reading a book. And I put the photo up in my Instagram stories and then into my feed. And I said, how fast does your brain work? How strong is your body? And how expansive is your mind? And I, if you could only choose one, which one would you choose to improve upon? And so self-discovery, I think, sometimes gets, the, the idea of self-discovery sometimes gets lost in the weeds, in the minutiae of, um, you know what, I'm really going to improve my sleep. I'm really going to, I'm going to focus on eating fewer calories or more calories. I'm going to clean up my diet. I'm going to learn how to juggle. I'm going to decipher the dolphin language. Whatever the case is, a lot of the focus in people's lives when they're trying to self-discover gets 
so focalized that they, I think, I, I think they lose sight of the global perspective of what are you working on truly? Are you trying to think faster? Are you trying to get stronger or more capable? Or are you trying to think wider? So brain, body, and mind. And so you just dropped this topic in self-discovery literally just a couple of minutes before I was about to hit send on this uh, story and on this post. And so, you know, I, I think maybe we could talk about all of the ways to improve sleep and all the ways to improve bicep curls and all the ways to improve uh, which books to read and, 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 and how to think deeper and all of that good stuff. But at the end of the day, I think a top-down approach of a more global perspective of what am I improving? Am I improving my brain and how fast it fires? Am I improving my body and how well it works? Or am I improving my mind? on how wide I think. That's my first thoughts. Mm, those are interesting. I, I actually, I got the poster. You want me to, put, you want me to post, post it up? Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Actually take a look at it here. So <clears throat> yeah, how fast is your brain? How strong is your body? How expansive is your mind? Which one are you trying to improve? I really enjoyed the, uh, the verbiage you put in afterwards where it said, not many people consider the question, even fewer contextualize it against then versus now. And I think that's such a great, uh, it's such a great line in that, you know, when you're 20, you, your view of yourself is going to be very different and how, and how you would go about trying to self-discover would be very different than if you were 60 or 40 or 30 or whatever. The, uh, the lived experience changes how you view your own self-discovery, at least in my mind, I think. Satch, you got any thoughts on this one? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> got a bunch of thoughts going through my head. I just don't know how to process them and articulate them correctly. Um, I think uh, I think for me that resonates quite a bit, and I think I have a bit a different understanding now to what you posted than I would have had, let's say, a few years ago or when I was a kid. I think for me, I'm uh, striving towards trying to use my brain better, and then so if I'm trying to use my brain better. I'm just trying to find ways to do that. And I think, you know, the strong or the, you know, how strong you want to be or whatever, they're all like byproducts of that ultimate goal of me trying to achieve a stronger mind. So I have to go through the other aspects in order to achieve, achieve my stronger mind. So going for a run or going for a lift or reading the book or whatever the thing is, that's what I'm thinking. Mm. I really, I, the, the concept Chance, of self-discovery. Yep. What do you got? Chance, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind, because Satch kind of hit on it and, and maybe he hit on it, uh, um, authentically. Uh, but I, I, can you please read the entire verbiage? So there's full context as to, um, uh, to fill in the blanks as it were. Absolutely. So the full context is it's there, the full verbiage that says improve one, a uh, correction it says all three interconnected, improve one, the other two benefit. Not many people consider the question, even fewer contextualize it against then versus now. The answer when I was younger would be different now that, uh, now that I'm 60, there is no right or wrong answer. The only failure is if you don't ask yourself the question, which yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on that, uh, Satch, now that you've heard the whole thing? Well, I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking and I didn't read the post. I just saw the questions and, um, logically to me that it makes a ton of sense uh they're interconnected so i guess fundamentally for me it's for me I, and again i can only speak for myself for me i want to have a stronger brain so how do i do that i have to do all the other things in order to be able to uh, achieve a stronger mindset achieve a stronger uh, more resilience more mental capacity all of the things and uh yeah that's my two cents off of sean's cool post absolutely sean you got any uh additional points on this well, I, I'm glad that Satch has not made the logical connection. He already understood it before we started talking about it. But, you know, I think it's not that common out there nowadays that um, people are authentically at a place where they already understand the question and the answer for themselves and can quickly say what Satch said. 
But I do believe that if Satch sits down for an hour and thinks about how one is interconnected to the other two, and how if you cherry pick one of the three, and the one that you choose starts improving the other two in unique ways. And so let me build off that just for a bit. That I, I feel that you don't have to just choose one for the decade called from your 40s to your 50s. And that's all you focus on is just the one. I think what you've got to be aware of is all three and how if you choose one, it's interconnected to the other two and starts raising up those two other boats, as it were. And then at some point, you need to recalibrate as to what am I striving for? What is the outcome I'm seeking? What is important to me? What am I all about? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? How can I be more, as it were? And so I think that if you understand the three global aspects, I uh, suggested, which is brain, a physical organ, body, which in a sense is a physical organ, and then the mind, which is our state of uh, understanding the external world around us, this reality that we all exist in, the, the, the bandwidth that's out there that our brain interprets as an internal reality and turns it into the story of our life in the now, how the mind works and how it can either philosophically or um, academically or uh, through a storytelling basis within our brain, build out this picture of the now reality. These three things are so interconnected and by adjusting the, the slider level on one, you adjust the slider level on the other two. Now, I suppose, uh, and this might be a little premature uh, because there's a lot to chew on there. The other aspect to it is that this isn't just a simple slider game where the slider only goes up. I mean, if you just cherry pick, uh, as an example, the body and how to get stronger, we'll call it, there can be a downside to that where if someone is too hyper focused on building out a massive frame where they look like Thor from Marvel Comics, there's a downstream side, there's a, there's a downside to that that can have negative implications to the brain and to the mind. And so I, I don't want anyone to misconstrue what I'm saying, that this is a really simple game where you just push a slider and the other two sliders kind of drag along just behind it, but in parallel to some degree. It is not that. Our lives, this game that we are all living in, in a simultaneous existence is a highly complex and nuanced game, depending on how deeply your brain applies your mind against the physical reality. Absolutely. Sach, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think it's ever-changing all the time based on how you want to function and move through life, right? So those things are always changing. At least they should be. At least that's, at least for me it is. And um, now, having said that, I'm in a really, um, a really focused sort of time in my life where things are might might be a little bit out of balance at the moment. But I understand that, so I'm I'm um, so having understanding that um, I I'm sure once I'm completed certain tasks, certain things, I'll readjust things so that you know maybe the the um, the body's reduced and then maybe the mind or some these various different things go up and down. So um, yeah, they're ever changing, and they should be all the time, depending on what you're trying to do and how you're trying to do it. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. The uh... There's something that clicked in my mind, but I just want to hit on these a uh, uh, couple of these comments right off that before we get into anything. Lisa jumps in here earlier. She said, hello, everyone from Texas. Out getting ready to cycle in Austin tonight. We'll be back to catch the live on replay. Good to see you. Um, he said, that guy jumps in here. Evening team listening with Mass right now as well. He says, hi to everyone. Good to see you. And then Angela G jumps in. Evening all. How do you guys manage self-discovery and self-improvement burnout? I'm on a very dedicated path this year and I struggle with days where I don't feel like working on anything. Tips? Um, uh, any thoughts on that one right off the bat, Sean? I'm going to come to you first. What do you think? 
Um, yeah, there's, so I think it was, maybe it was Angela G that it, it might've been a two or three podcasts ago talking about how, and my memory isn't uh, fantastic. Thank you, TBI. It was along the lines of by pursuing something, do you ever struggle with burnout uh, because, uh, you know, your pace is too high or, um, you know, uh, things start getting negative or uh, it was, it was, I'm going to paraphrase by working to improve. Can you not improve because you're working too hard to improve? And the guest panel started discussing it and my internet connection was all kinds of crazy and I kept dropping out and I never got an opportunity to uh, talk about it. And so I think what I would have liked to have said is, look, anytime you're trying to improve yourself, whether you believe that you're burning out or not, every single second that you're improving is improvement. And so uh, burnout um, is, is, a, is a funny phrase that uh, I think is kind of uh, perhaps misunderstood out there. Uh, I think there's moments where it, it gets difficult and burnout, and I see that it's in quotation marks, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that to burn out, you implode into a, a fiery uh, being. Uh, no one self-combusts if they're trying really hard to improve themselves. And so I think burnout is a word that is perhaps, and I'm not suggesting Angela G is thinking of it this way, but generally speaking, society as a whole has has become more and more uh, easily latching onto the idea that ah yeah I'm just burning out man I'm 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 working really hard or I'm trying really hard or I'm thinking really hard or I'm being really hard and I'm burning out. I think that burnout is a term that's thrown around too casually, and so I would only reserve the term burnout for the extreme cases where someone is hanging on the edge of the cliff by their fingernails in their life and and they're starting to only now they've only got one finger left to me that's burnout and but burnout has somehow turned from that one fingernail into they're only halfway towards the edge of the cliff and they're at the pedicure shop right now getting their nails done burning out and so you know i think it burnout comes down to context. And again, this is not directed at Angela G. It is directed at society as a whole, predominantly North America, by the way. So it all comes down to context on what burnout means to someone. Burn, you can feel like you're burned out because, you know, you had to drop your, someone, I had to drop my kids off at school that morning and someone honked their horn at me three times in a row. Now I'm close to burnout because it's my fourth day in a row that I had to drop the kids off. Uh, whereas, you know, in other parts of the world, uh, as an example, when we're in Malaysia for a month, I, I just can't get it out of my head standing by a roadside sugarcane stand watching a lady who was looked to be in her 80s stooped over a permanent stoop in her posture, her spinal stoop, because she'd spent the last 50, years that's five zero years 50 years of squeezing sugarcane out for people who would walk down the side of the road to get sugarcane juice from her 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 earnings were so meager i mean you had to be there to understand how hard life is that a, a, a typical north american would have burned out 1,004 times if they had to live her life. And yet, this lady had the resilience, or perhaps more correctly, the requirement to provide for her family just by simply squeezing sugarcane juice out of sugar canes. A meager living, maybe to some, it would appear to be a meager existence because perhaps she wasn't a banker on Wall Street or wasn't driving a Ferrari or wasn't learning how to launch rocket ships up to Mars. And yet I could see that perhaps she had led one of the richest lives 
as compared to a lot of North Americans. Her son was working next to her. Her son was about my age. And it was a family operation through not perhaps the love for the job, but because of the requirement of the job to provide for their families. And so I think there is a wild difference contextually between burnout in North America versus hardcore adversity teaching someone the difference between the requirement to do the work versus maybe I'm going to do some work. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, the average North American would probably be 49 years, 11 months, and uh, <laughs> 28 days prior to that, they would figure out burnout <laughs> rather than the 50 years. Like it'd be, it'd be a day or two for the average North American. They'd be like, oh, I just can't handle it. It's not easy work. <laughs> so like it's, and to do that for 50 years is a, uh, that is, that is quite the accomplishment. Sach, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah. <clears throat> First thing I think about in burnout is just, you know, working in law enforcement, picking up overtime shifts, working 60, 70 hours a week to a point where, oh man, it's, you start getting ground down after a few months of doing that. At least what I did. <clears throat> and, um, but that was because I felt burnt out, so, but I'm working just as hard now, um, but just doing different things that I'd rather do. And I have zero burnout. Like I, I value and I enjoy the things I do, whereas maybe people feel a level of burnout when they're doing things they don't feel like doing and then they're required to do because they have no alternatives. I don't know. But um, that's the first thing that popped in my head. Burnout is something that you do, you feel it because you're doing something that you don't feel like doing and you just continue doing it over and over and over again. Yeah. The, uh, it, it's interesting too, because I was earlier, I had written down something that Sean had said was um, you have to know the outcome or the outcome that you want, the outcome you're seeking. And, I'm wondering for myself, the things that, the things that I have a very distinct outcome laid out in front of me, this is what I want to have happen. This is where I'm going to get, this is how I got to get there. I don't get burnout in those, in those moments because I know where I'm going. And I know that even on those hard days, on the days I don't want to do it, on the days that it's, I'm struggling to garner the motivation to do it, I still get up and go. I still get the work done, I still manage to, to do it. And I don't feel burnout during it. It's usually only when there is an outcome that is ambiguous. Or if I, but I, I think, go ahead. Sorry. I just think also the attitude during the time that you're doing, putting in all the work is also super important too. If you're, you're working and grinding and grinding and grinding and you're burnt out and your attitude starts going down like this and you start complaining and whining and all that other stuff starts coming into play. Um, no, then you should be reevaluating, recalibrating, and figuring out what's going on when things start shifting in a negative way. Mm, that's a great point. John, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I 100% agree with Satch. I mean, it all comes down to, well, well, you'll never burn out if you're loving what you're doing. How do you burn out on love? I've never met anyone who's burnt out on love. What I have met is a whole pile of people who've lost the love for life, lost the love for what they're doing, lost the love, the passion for becoming more awesome, becoming, creating a faster mind, creating a stronger body and a more, uh, uh, sorry, a, a faster brain, a more expansive mind and a stronger body. Anyone who can understand those three things and, and categorically can stand up right now and say, I don't want any of those. I don't want to think faster. I don't want a stronger body. I don't want to think more broadly, deeply, and capable. I mean, put someone in front of me who would say that, and, and I would look at them as another species. I think the only time that anyone would say that is if they hadn't truly thought about what they're saying because they were being dogmatically negative being a dogmatic whiner moaning about woe is me i am weak and i want to get weaker who would say that who would say that 
I mean, it's 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 insane if someone would line up in front of me and say, "Bro, I'm not that strong, and I want to get weaker." I've never met anyone who's ever said that to me. Quite the opposite. I've met a lot of people who have said, "I'm struggling, and I want to get out of the struggle bus. I'm in the hurt locker. I want to get better." I. I'm I'm struggling to even think right now, Sean. How do I improve on that? Well, there's a boatload of things that everyone can do. Not quite a million things, but at least a hundred thousand things that people could do to improve their brain processing power, their mind expansiveness, and their body improvement. There's so many things. There's so many podcasts out there. There's so many things that we've talked about. That people can do to work on those three spheres of influence. So, I, anyone out there who's going to listen to this, who wants to get worse, I don't know. I've never met them, but people will start to work on improving these spheres of operation. And when things get a bit tough, now they're approaching burnout. Well, it might be because you've lost sight of your why you're doing it. You might have lost sight of the love for yourself, or the love for the process, or the love for the outcome that you want, or the love of the thing. If you have lost the love of life, and love is a strong word, it doesn't have to be a ten out of ten. It can be a two out of ten, but there's something there for you to. Appreciate or enjoy or engage in that makes you feel like yes, and that yes could be yes, or it could be freaking yes. It doesn't matter what it is. It is up to you to categorize on those brain, mind, body spheres where you are in the game, in the game even just a little bit. And if you're not in the game a little bit. It probably means that you have lost sight of your why, and as soon as you lose sight of your why, I see people start to backslide. And as soon as they start backsliding, then it turns into a wine fest. Now it's moaning. Now I am struggling to get out of bed. And I understand that there are neurochemicals that can get involved in that process, whereby it's hard to get out of bed, but it's easier. To get out of bed in that moment, when you have something to be passionate about, to get you out of bed. Yeah, hundred percent. The uh, <clears throat> the funny thing is, is I, I've met people and I've talked to people where I've asked them like, "Do you do you not want to get stronger?" And they'd be like, "Nope." <laughs> it blew my mind because I would think that you and you know everybody once you once you experience it then you you kind of want more of it but then i realized that there are a lot of people that never have never experienced it they've never experienced the concept of discovery or growth or strength or uh when we first started this i remember i can't remember where where it was but at some point somebody was like man you guys articulate everything so well i really wish i could speak like that and i was like well yeah that, that makes sense start speaking right because that's how you get to a point where you can articulate and you're, you can generate your thoughts and bring them out to the world. You have to actually speak on a regular basis and push your boundaries in that realm. Do you think that, do you think that more, am I on base in that? That I think the average person just has never experienced that growth or experienced that, that development, mm. or maybe they didn't realize they haven't experience that that development Satch, what do you think i think it's the second one i think people think they're strong and i think people are you know they think that they are the bee's knees or whatever it is right because they don't they don't know what they don't know and i was one of them i didn't know what i didn't know until i engaged in the process until i started actually trying to become stronger mentally in various other ways and i Think it's hard to really articulate to people um it's hard and it's challenging to really explain to people how much effort is required to get to another level and maybe 
if they were to, maybe if they were to understand it, maybe they wouldn't want to engage. I don't know. But um, there's a lot of work that's required to get to a certain level. And um, all of us have done that or are trying to do that on a regular basis. And I think um, maybe some people who haven't engaged in or haven't met people that are engaged in a certain type of process, they think they've achieved the thing or they've, you know, they're strong in whatever fields or areas they are because they got their degree and they got their job and they got their pension. But, um, you know, I think more of this is required for people to see what they actually don't know. Absolutely. Sean, thoughts on this? Yeah, two things. Uh, I, I am in line with Satch. You know, um, you just don't know what you don't know. And I've said it many a time, there's levels to the game. And if you think that you're at the top of the game, you ain't. And if you think that someone is below you and above you, they are. And so where do you stack up in the game? Well, that's for you to decide based on how hard you want to get to work. And if you're comfortable with who you are right now, cool, enjoy. I'm not saying that you suck just because you're not trying to improve yourself. If you're happy in your existence, that's, that's not a bad thing. In fact, it's better than a lot of people have got going for them right now. If you're happy, kind of just dogging it, just kind of kicking it back and relaxing. If you're happy, cool, man, enjoy happy. However, the other side to that is you're probably happy because you're unaware of what you're capable of. And if you truly knew what you were capable of, if, or if you aligned yourself with people who are amazing humans and by amazing, I mean, like are doing things that almost seem superhuman. I mean, everyone loves on the Marvel movies. Everyone loves on Thor. Everyone loves on all the superheroes. Everyone romanticizes and fictionalizes themselves in their head of, flying through the air like superman or saving the damsel in distress or catching a speeding bullet or you know maybe ducking bullets like your neo in the matrix everyone kind of romanticizes that kind of wouldn't it be cool if i could do that but there's things like that that everyone can do if you start moving towards the do part and you know can you duck bullets well i don't know who knows only you'll know if you start moving towards that state of existence and whether you ever achieve the ability to duck bullets that maybe is the unimportant part what is the important part is that every day that you move towards that direction is a day that you're better than the day before and by improving bit by bit towards that neo like existence well if you're twice as good next year as you are now, isn't that in a way a form of improvement within the matrix? Isn't that a, uh, a different existence? If you're twice the person that you are today, a year from now, in my world, it is. If you can double your abilities over the year, over the next 12 months, and become a different human being, a new you, a you that you're that is inside of you right now but the only thing that's stopping you from seeing that a year from now is because you don't believe it why wouldn't you do it just a little bit of work is all it takes to become superhuman 12 months from now in context of who you are right now i, I think I think what you're talking about is the the actual path, right? The path of self-discovery. It is the, the, the neat part about at least what I've noticed over time is that the, uh, the journey towards one of those things, right? Like if I want to dodge bullets, I'm going to be like, okay, well, how does that, how does that start? Well, I got to be a little bit more flexible than I am. Okay. Well, how do I get more flexible? And you start seeing a trainer and you start learning how to move and you gain some mobility and gain some strength. And then you start to realize, well, maybe I don't need to dodge bullets, but I'm really enjoying the flexibility part. Maybe I should see, like, I, I'm watching those gymnasts over there. That looks pretty cool. And I, I think that that's the path. It starts with, uh, I want to do whatever. I want to be a space shuttle door gunner, right? <laughs> I want to be something awesome. And then the path starts and then you start walking down that path and then you start realizing what it is you want, what it is you like, what it is, what parts of those things 
are what draws you to that next thing. And that draws you to that next thing, or it draws you deeper into, uh, it drives you deeper into that thing to be a, to be able to dodge bullets, whatever it is, to be able to be more flexible, stronger, faster, smarter, all of those things, having a more rich life experience. What do you guys think on that, Satch? What are you thinking? Yeah, no, it's true, man. Like, and look, maybe the final outcome isn't after exploring those things, dodging bullets, maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe you've learned something else that actually uh, you value more. I mean, who knows? That's the beauty of it. You don't know what the final outcome is going to be as long as you just keep moving in a direction that you are keep improving upon yourself. It's limitless, really. It's, I mean, you're really honestly limited by your imagination and how hard you want to work. And if you want to work and like, if you have a really vivid or massive imagination, like I do, uh, well then that's cool, man. Um, but then you got to work really freaking hard to be able to get closer to that imagined imagined state, which is not terrible, which is super legit. Because if you're moving so fast and so hard, you're learning so many other things along the way that you would have never imagined that you'd be able to learn. And you're, you become a better person for it. And that's really all what self-discovery is, isn't it? discovering things that you never knew possible about yourself. I like that, Sean. Thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, that that's what it is all about. We're all on our path. Satch is on his path. Chance is on his path. I'm on my path. It just so happens that our paths are generally aligned right now, generally heading in the same direction. But at some time in the future, just like at some point in the past, our paths weren't aligned. And there's there's no right or wrong reason for that. It's just simply the stream of life, the ebbs and flows, as it were, of the river that we're all independently on as a solo journey. The moment that we unalign doesn't mean that we're not going to realign in the future. But right now, we're generally aligned on this path that is a solo journey. And depending on how you run your solo journey is going to drive out who you align with and how many you align with. So if you're a very small thinker and you have zero interest in accomplishing anything and your brain is so fogged out and, and running so non-optimally it's it's fragmented so much either due to sleep or quality of food or whatever a whole pile of things if your if your brain is running at 10 percent well chances are that we're not going to be aligned because i think fast i move fast i think wide i i do things at a maybe a higher level than a person who's fogged out and won't get off the couch. But if they're fogged out and on the couch right now, and they can only listen to half of this podcast right now, they need to hear this next piece. You can like line up with me right now. You can line up with us right now in this moment and just understand that you too can be doing what we're doing in the future. And it doesn't mean that you've got to have it done by tomorrow. It doesn't mean that you've got to be operating at a much higher level by the end of the week. All it means is this. You've got to fall in love with the journey. You've got to fall in love with the process. You've got to understand that life is a hunt. I love the hunt. I don't even, it's not so much the kill, it's the hunt that I love. I was last night I was in the in a 7-Eleven here in Kyoto. The Japanese 7-Elevens are fascinating. I mean, I don't spend any time in 7-Elevens in Canada. But the the 7-Elevens over here are they're wild, man. And what's even wilder about them is there is nothing in there that's in English. And so I spent it was nearly 45 minutes. It was over half an hour with my phone 
using Google Translate and the camera feature on it, you can point your camera at a product and the camera, the supercomputer in my hand, will translate Japanese written into English written. And so I could look at every single label, every single ingredient, every single thing about every single product that I held in front of me. And at some point in the 7-Eleven, I was picking up things that I had no interest in buying. But I have a very curious mind. And I love the hunt. I love the process of the world in front of my nose. And so I was studying or analyzing or critically determining what was in my hand to see if it had interest for me or not. Curious and interested are two different things. So nearly 45 minutes in a in a 7-Eleven. And I walked out with next to nothing because when I walked in there, I had no intention of buying a bunch of things. But I spent my time in there adventuring, curious, hunting. And so I didn't need to make all the kills and walk out with an armful of swag. I just, I just love the process, man. And that's the key. You have to love the process. And it doesn't mean that you've got to love it 10 out of 10. If you're fogged out working at 10%, your brain is all fragmented and you're not really thinking fast. You're not moving fast. You're not broadening your mind expansively philosophically, deeply, introspectively, if you're operating at 10% on all those three things, okay, no big deal. It doesn't mean that you're locked into that position for the rest of your life. The only time you're locked into it is when you lose a growth mindset. When you shrug your shoulders and think, eh, hunting doesn't interest me. Eh, I'm not a curious person. Eh, I kind of like who I am right now. No one should ever fall in love with who they are right now. What you need to do is fall in love with the idea that you can be more right now. And through a process, you can become it. So you've got to find the passion to become more than what you are right now, to see your potential that's inside of you right now. That's my thoughts. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a challenge I think for a lot of people in that there there's a con there's a concentration on the stuff as you just said. Um, you know, the I think the average tourist would walk into a a Japanese 7-Eleven and just be like, "Ooh, I'm going to get that. Oh, this is cool. I'm going to" and then they they might start playing with their phone. They might start util utilizing that uh, that supercomputer that they have in their pocket. But they would use it in a way to to garner more stuff rather than utilizing it to explore the surroundings, right? They would be like, oh, this is cool. This looks neat. Candy, sweet, I'll take that. And they'll pick up the next thing and do the exact same. And it, it would just be that constant uh, take, 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 take versus explore. And I think that is a, um, <clears throat> that is a struggle within North America because we have there's been so much societal emphasis on having stuff rather than just exploring the world, in my mind, at least. Satch, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> being curious is super important. I mean, it's the beginning stages of any self-discovery. <laughs> you have to be curious about learning something. And I guess like... Um, you know, it sounds like uh, we're just willy-nilly trying to explore and, and, you know, we don't have a job to go to and life's still challenging. You got kids, you got this, that, and the other. Yeah, that's all great and dandy, and I, I understand that. Um, but I think there's value in trying to understand fully who you are as a person so that you can actually get value out of life and enjoy it more. So, for, for example, like, um, like I was saying, I'm, I'm working 70, 80 hours a week right now in what I want to do. And I'm making a fraction of the money I was making before, but I'm happier and I enjoy the process and I'm having fun through the process and I'm learning a ton through the process. And um, yeah, is it challenging for sure? It's hard, but it's hard even going to work and doing a job that you're not really happy about. And you're just going through the motions because it's easier and you know, it's, it's comfortable, but I think there, well, I know there's a ton of value 
in self-exploration to truly find out what you need, what you want to do and, and then continue moving on that path. Cause we got what, 83 years on this planet. If we're lucky, grind it out for a bit to see what you really want to do and then live that life that you want to live. Yeah. I like that a lot. The, uh, the other side of this too, is that, you know, 80, 83 years. What if you're 82 and you want to, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I've just discovered myself. And now I, I, I don't have enough time. There's none. No, get after it. And like, I know there are guys that there are guys training at my jujitsu gym that started, uh, in their sixties there. I mean, Sean, you started in your fifties, right? And I started in my forties and yeah, sure. It would have been great to start 20 years ago, 25 years ago, or, or start when, you know, I put my kids into jujitsu when they were four and five, but it didn't, you are where you are right now. And I think that is uh, another key point that we're, um, I mean, we've talked about it in the past, but I don't know if we've covered it today is the fact that you got to understand where you are right now, that the path to self-discovery, that, that initial first step can't happen unless you actually know where you are to begin with in my mind. Now, the, uh, the trick is figuring that out. How would you suggest to the average person, the person who's just listening to this right now, um, how do they set that baseline? How do they set that first step? Where, where am I right now? Sean, I'm going to come to you first on this one. What do you think? Well, few do, few do understand where they're at right now. Few do really understand where they're at right now. But as Satch stated earlier, a lot of people think there's something that they're not because they haven't sat down with a blank sheet of paper and a pen and put down really who they are right now and really what they've got right now and really what they're trying to be right now. Because those are all hard questions to ask of ourselves, to set a baseline for what our existence is right now. I think that a lot of folks out there exist in their past or exist in the future, but they don't exist in the now in respect to this question or this puzzle of who are we? Who am I? What am I all about right now? Because without a blank sheet of paper and a pen, you can evade the hard question and the hard answer. You can romanticize or fictionalize the reality of the moment. And our reality, to some degree, is based on the story that we tell ourselves in the now. And if we're telling ourselves the lie that we're a superhero, when in fact we're quite the opposite, then that incongruity that cognitive dissonance of well i'm thor but i'm a 110 pound weakling the difference between those two things choose away it is choose away at our soul if that's the lie that we tell ourselves every day so my thought is this in order to start feeling better about yourself start being more real with yourself and in order to be more real with yourself grab a blank sheet of paper and a pen, write down your why of your existence and how you're gonna start moving towards it based on the baseline, the true starting point of who you are right now. Yeah, 100%, Satch, thoughts on this? Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I think to add to what Sean just said, I think after you write down your why and how you're going to go about doing your why and how fast you want to move forward. I would also suggest to recalibrate or maybe review who's around you. And if all of those people around you are saying, Oh man, you're awesome. What are you talking about? You're legit. Oh no, this, that, and the other, they need to go because you need objective people around you who are going to be honest with you. who are going to tell you, well, maybe this is where you need to look at or, you know, this is the direction you need to go in. Because if everyone's pumping your tires, how are you going to, it becomes um, more challenging to go into that self-exploration or self-discovery because you're like, well, I already have everything all together. So you're wrong. You got to find the right group of people after you figure out your why. That is a, uh, 
that is a big trick and, and you know i mean it's probably room for a whole nother show on this one but the uh you know understanding who's in your circle understanding that the average you know some friends that i have that i've had for many years are they're not bad people they're not um they're not they're not trying to mislead me or take me down a path that i don't want to go but that path that that they're on is not the path that i am on and that is okay this is where i think a lot of people struggle is that you know there's going to be times where you just have to separate you have to go on your path you have to go on your journey and if they want to come along cool but if they don't cool you have to allow that to happen because you know, I think we hold on to these relationships that we, we have when we're kids or we have when we're young adults or we have when we're, when we're, when we're adults because they're comfortable, because we've had them for so long, because we've known, I've known this person for 30 years. Like, why would I leave them now? Well, if they're not helping you get to where you're supposed to be going, then why are they still there? And, and, my, and that's the, the trick that I had. Uh, there's a couple of my friends that I've had to just kind of stop hanging out with there's people that i don't really talk to anymore that i've spent you know 25 30 years hanging out with just due to the fact that we're not on the same path anymore and that i think is an it's an okay thing sean you got any thoughts on the group mentality yeah i think uh it was really valuable to saturate that fourth point uh the three things that i always throw out as he's already stated is the why the how and the velocity but he's right to throw in that fourth and that is who are you surrounded by? And so there's a couple of, just to broadly separate two generalistic groups. There's a group that will not challenge you. And then there's a group that will challenge you. And if we were to percentile those, the group that will not challenge you is about 90%. The group that will challenge you is about 1%. And then I'm going to allow for 9% for the middle ground, we'll call it. And so there's very few people that will challenge you to do better, that will challenge you to do more, that will push back against your burnout. There's very few people who will do that. And here's why. Because it's hard. Because it's uncomfortable. Because it's difficult. Not too many people are comfortable with pushing back against things, against a person's narrative where they're saying, I'm working hard. If someone tells me that they're working hard, I know that they can work harder. We all can, myself included. And we can work as hard as we need to. But then the piece is, how about the want to? You got to want more in life. I've said it before. I'll probably say it until the day I die. Everyone wants to be extraordinary. Everyone wants to be Thor. But the part about extraordinary is it requires the extra beyond just ordinary. So you might need to do something. That's freaking ordinary, bro. But you want more. That requires the extra. And if you want to be large and in charge, prepare to do extra work. And that extra work shouldn't make you feel bummed out. It should get you excited. And if it doesn't get you excited, well, guess what? We're going back to earlier in our conversation, which is you haven't chosen the right thing for you. If you've got the passion for the life trajectory that you're on, extra is just freaking no big deal. It's just extra. It's not drudgery. It's not like so hard that you can't do it. It's just extra, man. And so to become extraordinary, you've got to do the extra things that you love doing because that's, that's what you're passionate about. And so people around you that won't like hold you accountable to your passion, play in life, well, find new people. And it doesn't mean that you've got to wipe out your entire circle of friends. Because look, again, maybe 99 people will say, freaking awesome. You know, take a moment. You're doing well. But there, there has to be one person who's going to look at you and say, say what? 
did you just say to me that you want to be an amazing human being in the passion path that you're on right now, but things are getting a little awkward? Big deal. Push harder, bro. Because that's where you belong. That's what you are going to be if you just push a little extra. And by the way, if you need some help, let me know how I can help. So it requires the extra in the passion path to become extraordinary. And it does require people around you who will hold you accountable and not just accountable with a pat on the back, but with an occasional punch in the shoulder. Yeah, the uh, I remember a little while ago, we got a comment on um, one of the <clears throat> clips that I put out that was like, if everybody was extraordinary, then everybody would be normal. And I started giggling about it because I was like, to a point, yes, if everybody all of a sudden raised their game to the next level, cool, that would be the new normal. But that's where that next extraordinary comes in, right? That, that next, okay, well, we've reached this level. Let's step up to the next level. If everyone joins me, cool. I'm going to go to the next level. And you just, you've said it many times, Sean, on the show is, uh, you know, the standard is the standard. You either meet it or you beat it. And I love the fact that it's got a bit of a double entendre there, right? <laughs> the fact that you either, either meet it or you beat it or you meet it and you beat it. Right. And I just, I love the fact that that that's in there and it is a, um, it's a continual, striving it's not just like i want to be a better podcaster well okay cool i got a new uh new camera new mic new lighting cool i'm a better podcaster no that is a, is a daily consistent uh not, i'm not even gonna say grind but it is a it's a passion i like communicating i enjoy facilitating information this is so every day that i get to work on this i get to get better i get to see it and i get to feel it and i get to enjoy it as the process goes through. Now, not there's not every day that I get on here and I'm like, oh yeah, this is, <laughs> this is the this is the day. Awesome. There are going to be hard days. I'm sick right now. Uh, I got lots of stuff going on in my life, but I'm still here and I'm still like you said. If I got 10% bandwidth, I'm going to use that 10% bandwidth and I'm going to use what I have to get better. That way, tomorrow I can use maybe 20% bandwidth or 15 or whatever I got but I'm going to use it. Um, well, whatever, gonna... whatever you've got, whatever you've got right now, whatever percentage it is, no matter what's going on uh, with your nasal cavity or in your life, wouldn't you agree that right now you're enjoying what you're doing this in this now? hundred percent. Where's the harm in that? All that matters. That is exactly it. Now and I just want to jump in real quick, real yeah. quick on that on that extraordinary uh, that you, you mentioned. Someone had made a comment about if everyone's extraordinary, then that's just ordinary. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's a cop out, man. Like, you're just quitting before you even get to start. Like, I mean, uh, just first try and let's see what happens. <laughs> Don't be just saying copping out right off the bat with just with a question. Get out of here with that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a giggle moment for it, both myself and Sean, where we we talked about it afterwards too, and we were like, "What?" <laughs> but you're Whatever. you're absolutely right. Um, so Tanya jumps in here with a question. So we'll do this as a la kind of a last thing, and then we'll get some final thoughts. She says, "Is your approach to to prevent burnout in normal people similar to your method for mitigating athlete burnout?" That is a great question. So you're, we're talking the difference between the average person burning out versus a high-performance athlete pushing to their limit. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the two. I mean, to become a good athlete, you've got to start managing your sleep. And, and, and I'm just going to use sleep as the example. I'm not going to talk about all the number of things that an athlete has to do in order to become large and in charge. The... Just well, just choose sleep. Within sleep, there's several silos within sleep, and and a person can understand that simply by uh, googling sleep hygiene, where it will talk about temperature in a room, or it'll talk about when you're supposed to eat, what you're supposed to eat, how much hydration, a whole boatload of things that Google will teach you about sleep hygiene. Not. I'm not referring to hygiene as in take a shower before you go to bed, though here in Japan, that is the standard. You take a shower before you go to bed, you take a shower in the morning. So two showers per day. 
not talking about cleaning yourself up. I'm talking about sleep hygiene on Google. The second thing is there's a boatload of resources out there. Dr. Andrew Huberman comes to mind immediately, along with a bunch of other characters that you can learn more about once you start having the curiosity to learn about how to improve your sleep by diving deeper down the rabbit hole. The more you go down, the more you understand how to mitigate burnout as either an athlete or a non-athlete or a regular person versus a high-performing person. The more you dive into the silo, the more it impacts the rest of the silos around it. So to take it back to what we're talking about at the start of the show, which is how fast do you want your brain to work? How strong do you want your body to be? How wide or expansive do you want your mind to consider this reality that we all exist in? You're in charge of all three of those things. And by having the curiosity to dive down the rabbit hole, expand your awareness on just the simple subject of sleep, it will ripple throughout all three spheres of influence that I just mentioned, and it will start changing your life. So to prevent burnout as either an athlete or non-athlete, it is a simple process, but not an easy process. Absolutely. Sash, you got thoughts on this? Yep. When I see that, I see the same thing. I see, I think normal people are athletes and athletes are normal people, one and the same. There's no difference between them, I think. I mean, what's the difference? You just decide you want to be an athlete one day, but you can still do all the things that that athlete does to be able to um, perform better in your day-to-day life, i.e. sleep, eat, rest, recovery, all the things that are associated to it. So nice, good question. Uh, Tanya, but uh, for me, it's a bit difficult to answer because I think they're both the same thing. Absolutely. Um, now we are just uh, running out of time here. Uh, Shane for the cause put in a, a comment here real quick, and he donated twenty bucks to the show. Thanks, Shane. Appreciate it. He says, "What? <laughs> yeah, uh, discovering a bad habit that creates a disease to make the bad habit appear to be the cure is one of the healthiest steps toward making room for healthy." self-discoveries i gotta read that again discovering a bad habit that creates a disease to make the bad habit appear to be the cure is one of the healthiest steps toward making room for healthy self-discoveries i don't know if i understand what he's saying i'm not quite sure on that one either but the, the uh, way i'm the way i'm reading it discovering a bad habit so let's say alcohol abuse creates a disease which is an addiction and the bad habit appear to be cure is one of the yeah it doesn't make sense to me i'm sorry it could just be a uh uh, uh, a verbiage, uh, <laughs> a verbiage issue, but I, I think what he's trying to say is that to make the bad mm-hmm. habit appear to be mm-hmm. the cure. So, the uh, the habit itself needs to be. You know, I'm I'm lost too. But Shane, I appreciate the uh, the comment. If there's anything else, by all means, put it up in the uh, in the comment section. We'll see if we can hit it up as uh, it, before the show ends. In this. In the spirit of it, I, I understand what uh, Shane is saying, and I agree. You know, you, uh, I I agree with what he's stating in the spirit of his verbiage. Now, it might be it might be a little uh, complex there in how he's written it, but I understand what he's saying, and and I agree. Uh, so I'm I'm good with what he's uh, putting down there. Solid. I uh, I'm yeah. I just wasn't quite catching. I think it might be a uh, like putting the verbiage anyway. All good. I need to be let's... more deeper and wider in how I think. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Um, so let's get some final thoughts then on anything at all we've talked about so far today. Self-discovery on um, sleep hygiene, whatever it is. Anything still burning in the back of your head, Satch? No, man. I'm I'm on that path, man. I'm on a path of self-discovery. And so I'm in it. I'm trying my best every day to understand myself better so I can do things better. And so I can be a better service. So. Self-discovery is a legit path to be on, man. Bam. I like it. Sean, final thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to use uh, shame for the cause in this one because, uh, I mean, Satch started out with thoughts versus action. And so Shane could have hung out and 
and listen to what's going on and thought about things and come up with some ideas himself and, and then moved on in his life and, and never taken action, never recognized that what we're talking about aligns with what his experience is and maybe what he's going to do in the future. It, he didn't have to spend 20 bucks, man. He didn't have to spend a dime to make that comment. But he put some skin in the game. And when someone puts some skin in the game, when someone puts 20 bucks down, to me, that speaks to that's action. That is recognizing that what we're talking about and what he's thinking align. And he wants to demonstrate that, that he's in alignment to some degree with what he's hearing and what he's thinking. And he wants to give us a nod because it's important to him and to others to hear. So thoughts are zero dollars. Thoughts are zero effort. Thoughts are zero outcomes. Action is the only thing that changes the game. So kudos to Shane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one final comment here, Tanya jumps in. He said, I think it's discovering that a bad habit creates a disease and the awareness that your choices leads to your environment. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. See, Tanya thinks widely and deeply. I need there to practice. Go. Tanya's in the game is the thing. Uh, you know, I don't have a whole lot to add other than the fact that, you know, the thing that I say at the end of every show, learn, build, grow, that is the path of self-discovery in my mind. That is everything that we talked about is you got to learn about it first. You got to build upon that knowledge and you got to utilize it to grow into yourself. And once you do that, then you can carry it on and you keep doing it. You find a new white belt, you find a new thing to learn, to build, to grow. So everybody out there, keep doing that. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.